Morning, team. Nice to be coming. So I'm just chatting away to Anthony about various things. I've seen a couple of tricks that I'm quite keen on, but I want to know a bit more about them. And he said, well, you can always buy them, uh, and then you could sell them. And, of course, I can't do that. I tend to buy and then give away, which is the thing. My God, who was that odd caller he had on earlier? The one who's going, the, uh, the Disability Act of uh, 1999, re-amended in 2003. And I thought, oh, God, the world's biggest bore. Don't you just hate people like that? It's like, you know, the, uh, the uh, facts and figures are, if you'll just let me get a word in edgewise. You know, and I've never heard you before. I thought, yes, you have. You've listened every night, you have. You're the sort of person who sits there tapping out little emails. You know, dear sir, with further reference to your broadcast of the 19th inst... <laughs> oh, dear, what a bore. Everybody else said exactly the same things. So I wasn't alone. And X Factor. I might be mentioning at some point in the programme the charade, which was X Factor. We know it was a charade because it was... It, but it's worked. Whatever they did, and we know what they did, and we'll run through it again later for you, just in case you missed it. Because it's... Let's face it, there's not much else going on at the moment. It's stupid season. You know, if, if, they're, if they're worrying on the front pages of the papers over who was wearing what at the Cenotaph and who didn't bow, you know that we're getting to a bit, bit of a desperate kind of thing. So you've got to put on the, uh, the two prats from, uh, from Ireland who, you know, jump around and look like 12-year-olds. And we keep being told they're only 17. They're only, even Dermot O'Dreary the other day was telling us that the, the twins are... They're only 17. I thought, well, is that supposed to be some excuse? You know, if he'd said they're only five, I could understand it, but not they're only 17. 17, you're an adult. Although, frankly, it'd be hard pushed to actually work out whether or not they were actually intelligent enough to be adults, and I suspect they're not. The other thing which I've noticed with the X Factor, whenever Jed would come on, this is John and Edward, the ghastly twins, they're never singing what I call live. They appear to be singing over the top of somebody else singing. And that's why, when you had Lucy last night singing, and admittedly she was a bit off-key and she was a bit boring to look at, you know, very sweet, but to be honest with you, you're either going to sell a song like Shirley Bassey or you're not, and she didn't. You know, good singer, much better than John and Edward. But when they sang their, I think they did Rock DJ, to be honest with you, I mean, how, how to kill a song anyway. And, and I was listening, and I was trying to, in my mind, listen to all the tracks that were laid down and I thought there was a backing track. There were certainly backing singers on it. And at one point, I thought they were auto-tuned. Because I can ju- when I listen to something, I know what's coming through a mic. And I'm telling you now, you cannot jump around a stage and kick and sound as if you're not puffed out. Because you just get exo- It's like if I ran in here from, say, even from the coffee machine to read the news... I could not read it because I couldn't breathe. And they jump about on the stage and pretend they're singing. Well, they're not. They're not. They're singing over the top of something else so that if they sound that weak, they just whack up the volume of the other thing a bit. And that's what they were doing with Rock DJ. Because I was listening to how many tracks were laid down and at a rough guess, I would say there were six tracks that they were singing over. There was the girly singers. There was something that they might have recorded earlier. Because the moment they went on to the, you know, when I rocked the mic, I rocked the mic, they were flat as pancakes. So that's when I thought, very, very odd. Then, of course, we had that silly vote at the end, which, you know, it's a singing competition, and Simon's thinking, right, OK, they're getting loads of... Co- you, you, I've fought with Louis, who was in a particularly bad mood the other night, <laughs> because he'd had a bit of a row with Dermot O'Dreary. And uh, I, it, it, was, it was actually Louis being a bit of a silly girl and sort of being a bit petulant... Which was quite funny to watch. I quite enjoyed it. And he's saying, listen, and he was quite right. Listen, I'm paid to be a judge up here. You're paid to present. You do your job, 
Leave me to do my job. I'm the expert, you know. I don't care what you say. And Derm O'Dreary, trying to sort of justify his existence in the world, full stop, was saying, well, you know, I'm entitled to opinion. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're paid to be a presenter. You're paid to stand there and look like a wooden plank, read the little auto cue, and just link into the act. You're not paid to have an opinion as a presenter on The X Factor. The people who have the opinions are the people who are paid a vast amount of money for sitting on the panel. The Daily Star, of course, had decided to whip up some, some kind of campaign to get rid of Dermot O'Dreary by saying that Simon and Louis are very close and Simon takes on board everything that Louis says. Why don't they just get it into their stupid little heads down at the Daily Star, or the Daily Non-Star, that, in fact, it's a programme, OK? It's contrived. And so, at the end, when Simon sits there and goes, well, I don't know, I'm going to put it to a public vote. What he could have done is he could have got rid of Jedward straight away just by saying, OK, I'm going to vote for them. But to get the maximum coverage and to then blame it on the audience, he then says, I'll put it to the public vote. In other words, he knew what was going to happen because they'd been garnering all the votes anyway from the drearies out there. You would phone up and love them, love them. You know, all the thickos are phoning up and it's great. It's great. It's absolutely wonderful. And that's exactly what happened. So poor Lucy bursts into tears. To make it worse, she has to comfort Danny Minogue, who also bursts into tears. <laughs> I thought, I wish they'd all bog off, to be honest with you. I'm a bit fed up with them. But interesting, interesting, that uh, most people were saying last night, oh, it's a, the audience quite clearly hated it, uh, because they're always right, and they know a fiddle when they see it. I mean, when I say it's a fiddle, it is, it, it is just a game. You have realised it is just a game. It's only a bit of silly, throwaway, flopsy-mopsy television. It's not rocket science. It's not, you know, voting in an election. You're voting in either a pair of prats from Ireland or you're getting rid of the Welsh bird. And what do they do? People obviously decided because because he knows that they've been voting for Jedward. As I say, the sooner they go home, and there's Louis going... In fact, he even said to Lucy last night, proving, you know, it's a load of old baloney. You know, I think you're a great singer and I think you're marvellous. And I'm thinking, but that's what the competition is. But, of course, because I'm mentoring the, the dimbos over here, I've got to go for them. So the audience boo. And then all the panel booed yesterday as well. And they all said exactly the same. You think Simon Cowell gives a 4X? Of course he doesn't. He's just rubbing his hands with glee at how he's managed to manipulate all the 12 and 13-year-olds and the thickos. It's just, it's so easy. It's so, so simple. I mean, it's, it's just brilliantly done. I couldn't knock it at all. You know damn well they're going to keep John and Edward in for as long as is humanly possible. The person who's going to win, quite clearly, is going to be that thick Essex boy. Certainly can't be Stacey Solomon. Dear God above, please don't let it be her. Because the moment they tie her hair back, she looks a little bit like a sex change that's gone wrong. I'm sorry, she does. She looks awful. She's not pretty. She's not feminine. She's not... And then she's got this ghastly voice. Although, unfortunately, Lucy appears to have gone down the same route. When she was asked about... We're the same kind of... Just drivel from her. One of the papers said she thinks she's picked up the same... um, the same disease that poor Stacey's got. <laughs> the answer is quite clearly yes. Anyway, we will walk through the papers this morning. We will take your texts and emails. 84850stevedlbc.co.uk. And I mentioned yesterday this uh, Magic Circle Awards Banquet, which is coming up on the 21st of this month. And for the first time, as far as I know, they've actually opened it up to, um, to members of the public. And they had a few seats left yesterday, which I think have gone. I omitted to mention... Uh, and I'll mention it again later, just in case a few people getting up who uh, who have phoned up to get hold of some tickets, uh, that it's black tie. OK, no good turning up in your jeans and a T-shirt. It's black tie. And they stick uh, very 
rigidly to that. I should be going, and Jack Delvin, the president, will uh, welcome a glittering array of uh, talent. Scott Pemrose will be doing the cabaret, Amethyst. There's uh, a ventriloquist called John Boucher and Terry Seabrook, of course. Young Seabrook will be there. Minus the, uh, the kiosk at the pier in Clacton. And uh, special guest, me. And uh, the Sam president, Mike Miller, as well. Tickets were £60, but that's for dinner and cabaret and booze and everything else. But it's black tie, OK? Black tie. Look at just turning up, you know, go, well, nobody told me. I've told you now. It'll be on the podcast. It'll be everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. Other stories of the papers... I did say yesterday, I was, I was so gutted that I didn't get tickets. Well, I did get tickets. Well, I didn't get tickets for the Remembrance Service at the Royal Albert Hall. Because, and then at the last minute, at the last minute, Chris, Chris Adulu pulled, the, pulled the, uh, the rabbit out of the hat, had a word with the big boss at the Royal Albert Hall, and they offered me two tickets. And I couldn't go because I was down with the godchildren. I was gutted. Gutted. I mean, it's just my, my worst nightmare. Because you know how much I look forward to going to the Festival of Remembrance, and I was really disappointed. Somebody the other day called me middle class. I thought it was hilarious. I was quite impressed, actually, somebody thought I was middle class. Just goes to prove, you see, working class, but you can pretend you're middle class. I think I'm upper class, really. What do you think? We had that discussion on class some years ago. What do you think you are? And the answer is, around here, we're all working class, because we work for a living. We came from working class stock. I didn't come from a stately home or anything like that. I came from working class stock. You know, the fact I've got a mortgage, I suppose, makes me middle class now. God. And incidentally, how gutted was I? I was on the phone to a friend of mine yesterday, my, my, my bank, my personal banker. I call her that. It's an affectionate term. Uh, because I, I had to do all my tax yesterday, which involves putting... Because what I do... I'm really stupid. I don't know why I don't do this in advance. But I tend to stack all my stuff up. Then I've got to separate it all. So I've got all these folders. I should just keep putting it in there. And I shall take it around to my accountant, Steve. And he'll just, it's only, it's, mine's fairly straightforward. And then while I'm at it, I thought, oh, I've got to give him my checkbook. And I write out a check for the VAT. So I've got to write that out in advance. So this morning I sat down and worked out my VAT. Huh. I mean, I keep putting it off and I've actually, it takes about five minutes. Once you've found the invoices, and there's only three of them to do, and then you sort of do it and I'm fixed rate. So it's, it's quite simple, really. I was, I was in quite, quite a good mood. Sort of. So, we'll take all your uh, texts and emails. 84850, steve at uk. Oh, there's also a rumour that uh, Cheryl Cole has split from Ashley. I'm starting that one this morning. Because she wasn't wearing a wedding ring. And there is talk that uh, her mother's moving into the house that she shares with Ashley. They're apparently going to build a bungalow in the grounds. Because they come from the, uh, the rough end of the, uh, the council estates. Family spent a lot of time mingling with sort of, you know, men in uniform. And so they've decided that she's going to move in there. She spends time there anyway at the moment, but the rumour has it that her and Ashley not so close together. In fact, one, one of the papers has done a big feature on it. Whether or not we're speaking out of turn, I do not know. But when people take their wedding rings off, and when she spends a lot of time doing all the, uh, the running around and, and the work and everything else, and he's sort of, he's, he's not the alpha male anymore. He just sits at home. She's the one wearing the trousers, quite clearly, because she's the one people are interested. Nobody's interested in Ashley Cole. We just see him as a man who slept with a hairdresser. That's all, you know, I don't, I don't see him as anything else, I'm afraid. Mind you, not looking good for John Terry's family, is it, at the moment? After his father was exposed in the paper the other day, misdemeanor. Because you remember John Terry's mother... Because she was the one who was caught with all those clothes which they'd forgotten to pay for in Marks and Spencers and loads. £800 worth. Naughty little family. Very naughty. Quarter past five. These are the headlines. Plans are announced later to fast-track a new generation of nuclear power stations across the country. A list of potential sites will also be revealed. 
A 24-hour bus strike in East London is underway. 58 routes are likely to be affected. You can see a full list of them on lbc.co.uk. And lottery officials are still checking two Euro Millions tickets to make sure they are the true winners of Friday's £90 million jackpot. I was so happy for them. Couldn't be happier if Hugh Broom had won it. <laughs> Can you imagine? I was sitting there. I was, gonna, I was determined to have a really good week thinking it could be me. Yeah. And now two blooming people have come forward. But, they, they, you know, we haven't had it proven yet. Well, there you go. Yeah. Stand by. Stand by. Uh, right, as you heard in the news there, bus strike in East London. 58 routes. BC, 97.3. Morning team, it's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Everything you've heard about the programme is true. I can be a bitch. I can be difficult. I can be temperamental. And if you don't like it, off. All right? There you go. Uh, a lot of people telling me, yes, we noticed Cheryl Cole not wearing her wedding ring. I mean, she might have taken it off, I'm assuming, just to have it cleaned. No, I think they've split. <laughs> I think, you know, when people do that, I always think there's something behind it. You don't just don't take a wedding ring off, because nine out of ten times, my mother used to take hers off, probably the same as many of you uh, ladies listening, for doing the washing up, <laughs> in case it fell down the sink. I don't know why, but a lot of people, they take them off and they put them on the on the windowsill in front, don't you? Because most sinks are actually by a windowsill. You know why? Because they think people like a view. You never find a sink against a wall, do you? They always put it so you can look out the window and go, la, 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 la. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm saying they're splitting. I'm saying absolutely they are, they are splitting up and she's going to go out with Simon Cowell. There you go. I'm starting that new rumour today. And Ashley's sitting at home going, oh, I love my wife. And she's going, I don't like you anymore. And because the truth of it is, she's working all the... She's hardly at home. She's literally, if she's not on tour, she's climbing Kilimanjaro. If she's not on that, she's doing X Factor. If she's not on that, she's promoting something else. I mean, when do you get to go home? The answer is, you spend most of your time in hotels. But unusual to take the wedding ring off and also to do that little trick to make sure you get it in the papers of holding your hand up to your face so that people go, Wait, where's your wedding ring? It's, I mean, it's, it's such an old trick. It's like every time somebody gets engaged, they manage to either, you know, hold their hand up to their face as they're walking out of somewhere. And people go, that's right. And they, and they go, oh, look, you're wearing a wedding ring. Am I? Am I? I didn't, I didn't notice. I thought, you liars. Of course you noticed. Of course you noticed. Uh, do you think, says Mark, that last year's entrance to the X Factor were much better than this year? To be quite honest, I couldn't even tell you one. Was it Alexandra one last year? But who else was on it? Because they all, they all disappear. And I've said, I've said before that it makes no difference who actually wins. They'll all go on tour. They're all going to be singing together next week with this charity single, which is for Great Ormond Street. Um, they'll, they'll all go on tour, make a little bit of money, and one or two of them... I mean, we've been threatened by Louis Walsh that Jedward will have a career. Christ. As what? As what? As silly little buffoons who jump around. Perhaps Children's BBC will take him on. They'll be about the youngest presenters they've ever had because most of their children's presenters are in their middle 30s. Which is, which I find slightly odd. Slightly odd. So I, I cannot tell you if they were better this year than last year. They appear to be a bit more sensible. They appear to be a bit more sensible last year than, than this year's lot. To be honest, I wouldn't give you threepence for any of them. I, I really don't think. In terms of singers, I'm afraid I just see it as, as a way of making an album. I don't actually... I mean, I was watching uh, Channel 4 the other day. Was it yes, yeah, it must have been yesterday. Steve Jones was interviewing Robbie Williams. And Robbie looked as spaced out as usual, sitting there, coming up with just odd answers. You know, he cannot... He's, he's obviously got this huge inflated ego. And then he sang a song, and he's not a great singer. You could never, ever put Robbie Williams, or, in fact, probably most of them, most of these people in the charts, in a West End show, and let them do eight performances a week. They could not do it. You know, you listen to Michael Ball singing, he's a singer. You listen to Paul Lucy last night, she fluffed notes. And this is after she's been through this, and she's supposed to be a singer. 
And she's the, roughly about the best that they've got on there. It'll be won by that Essex boy, won't it? You could just tell. Simon likes him a lot, and he's one of Simon's boys. And perhaps we'll get rid of that curly-haired thing, because I'm not a big fan of his at him at all. I don't like it. And uh, Jedwood will probably go on to be children's presenters in Ireland, and that'll hopefully be the last we ever see of them, which is good news. Uh, mind you, coming up just to annoy you even further, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Yes, the good, the great, the depressed... The terminally stupid, the lesbians, the drug takers, the prostitutes. We've had them all over the years. And this year, they're now hoping to sign. So you can just tell that this is, this is the usual sort of rubbish. Uh, Sabrina Washington. Go on. I defy anybody. Sabrina Washington. Who the hell's that? A nobody. A nobody. Apparently, she's fiery ex-mystique singer. I've never heard of you, love. I'm so sorry. Perhaps your parents have, but I certainly haven't. Because they reckon that uh, her and Samantha Fox will have sparks fly. Well, she's lesbian then or something. I can't see any other reason. No, both are known for having a short fuse with Sabrina, 31, so way past her sell-by, openly slating the singing of her former bandmates, uh, Strictly Dance judge Alicia Dixon. But that's the different Sabrina Popsy. Let me just explain it to you. It's Alicia Dixon or Sabrina who? I think, really, you've lost that one, Popsy. And, uh, frankly, I think you're looking a bit desperate. Uh, anyway, lesbian Sam apparently one, once went into a drunken rant on the club and screamed at another contestant. This was about 15 years ago. 15 years ago. They're, they're that des- I mean, it's the biggest pile of rubbish you've ever read here. Took two people to write this column. Um, apparently, uh, Sabrina was attacked... Uh, sorry, Sabrina attacked Alicia for her solo singing. Uh, Ex-Hardmat... Th- these are some of the other names in the frame. So chances are they won't be in there. Ex-Drip... And a uh, very camp little ex-footballer, Vinnie Jones. You know, dreary Vinnie. In fact, he was so boring, when they did a Vinnie Jones documentary, they had to cancel it because he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. At all. And at one point he said to them, Sh- shall I go down, down the shops? And they went, um, if, if, if that's actually the kind of thing you do, yeah, let's go down the shops. They thought he was going to be surrounded by all these Hollywood people. And of course he's not, because he doesn't know them. He did one film, and they go, oh, of course, his, his, his best friend, Sylvester Stallone. Don't you believe a word of it. It's a load of old rubbish. Uh, the other one, uh, Bruce Jones, ex of Coronation Street. He was kicked out because, you know, drinky poos. And down on his luck, living... He, well, yeah, he gave away storylines because he was drunk, living in a caravan now. And so they're obviously going to pay him. Wag Lizzie Cundy. Have you ever seen this thing? Dear God, in a, you've only got to... I tell you what, Google it and have a look at the pictures. Oh, rough or what? Rough, rough, rough. They always got to pick somebody's wife or girlfriend. Well, she's desperate. She looks like she'll do just about anything. And uh, Robert Kaczynski. I think he was in EastEnders. Obviously not working at the moment. Plus, didn't he go to... Oh, he went to Hollywood. Oh, what? From EastEnders to Hollywood? What? As, as a storyline? Oh, right. In real life. Oh, he's obviously back again. That's good, isn't it? So that's quite nice. Also nice to see. I'm proven right yet again. Do you know, it's almost embarrassing. Who got married the other day? Mark Owen. Okay, all the boys were there except Robbie Williams. Okay, what am I telling you? I'm telling you, they don't want him there at all. They're just prepared to go along with it because he's the balmy one. He's the one who's been in rehab. He's the one who suffered from depression. He's the one who's who's taken all this stuff. And they're going. Listen, as one of the critics said the other day, you've got four clean-cut boys here who are doing very well without Robbie Williams. Don't bring him back. Okay, simple as that. Everybody says exactly the same. So all the fans turned out. Rumour had it that Robbie was flying in by private jet. Dear, that would have been a very stupid move, wouldn't it? Private jet, and they all just turned up together in one car. Because they're they're just ordinary people who happen to have a talent. 
Unlike Robbie Williams, I'm afraid. Uh, other stories that are in the uh, papers today. Well, John and Edward Grimes. I mean, just a pair of buffoons, I'm afraid. Jumping about on stage like five-year-olds is possibly the stupidest thing I've, uh, I've ever seen. However, now they're still in, the bookmakers have changed the odds. They're now, because uh, some guy lost ten grand, he actually reckoned they'd be kicked out last night, so he bet. <laughs> How stupid. <laughs> oh, you should have listened to this programme. I've told you, each week, they'll keep them in because they get publicity. You're not going to get publicity with Stacey Solomon. You're not going to get publicity with Lucy. In fact, we haven't. A couple of naff stories. You're not going to get publicity with Olly Moores. Nothing at all. But you get publicity with these two, so they'd, they'd be stupid to get rid of them. Stupid to get rid of them. Uh, I did watch the boxing. Didn't understand it at all. Didn't understand it at all. You know, you've got a seven-foot man I've never even heard of. I didn't watch all of it. I just sort of kind of watched the bit where, um, where sort of, you know, people, uh, somebody hit somebody and they, they fell over a bit, which I quite like it. <laughs> uh, John says, please stop talking about X Factor. I don't watch it and it's not interesting. Hearing you rant about it for ten minutes. Surely I can't be alone. I suspect you are alone, John, and that's the, that's the tragedy of your life. You're probably very much alone, I should imagine. <laughs> Another story in the paper today. Do you remember we, we talked about that, uh, that old fraud, Derek Acora? Oh, I'm contacting Michael Jackson. Wait a minute, he's coming through. He's coming through. Ow! Sorry, he's come through. And, and what did he say? Say hi to Quincy Jones for me. What a pile of old rubbish. Seriously, that's what he said. Anyway, Derek... That's what Michael said through, through Derek. Say hello to Quincy Jones. Yeah. I tell you, there's frauds and frauds, and then there's people who claim to talk to the other side, and that's when it becomes rubbish. But anyway, I have to tell you that Derek Accor is foul-mouthed. He came back on a monarch flight the other day from, uh, from Spain. Drunk. Shouting abuse. Four-letter words, they say in the paper. And uh, swearing. Uh, he, he started leering at one stewardess, and when a child started crying, he shouted, Is that your effing baby? I mean, this doesn't sound like nice, mild-mannered Derek Acora, does it? Not at all. Anyway, his agent said last night he was on antibiotics for a chest infection and only had four little bottles of red wine. Sorry, only had four... four the, the number four is kind of leaping out at me. The four bottles of red wine. The little bottles. Yeah, but they're those ones on an aircraft. That's two glasses. That's eight glasses of red wine he had. And he's on antibiotics. Surprised you didn't get a message from the other side, Derek. I'm surprised you didn't get a message from the other side. Perhaps what they, they, they should have said to it. Perhaps, he, perhaps he was, somebody was speaking in foreign tongues through him, and he wasn't actually drunk at all. It was probably, I don't know, somebody who passed over who was rude or something. That was, he, he, should have, he should have turned that to his advantage, but uh, sadly not, as I say. A little bit embarrassing. A little bit embarrassing. Steve, I'm not going to be watching... Um, I'm not going to be watching any more of The X Factor, because after last night... It's terrible. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Have you heard Dion Bromfield and the most amazing voice? No, I tell you, he's got a new single out. That little girl who sang. I can't remember her name. London's biggest conversation. Morning, everybody. 28 minutes to uh, 6. Monday morning, JLS gave the fans at uh, Heaven the other night uh, what they wanted. They sang uh, four songs, I think. We had the first review of it with John Warrington. And uh, very good they were too. And then they signed autographs afterwards. And lucky old Jenny said they were kissing and hugging the prettier women. Obviously in the wrong place, then, weren't you, dear? I think it's heaven. I don't think I don't think such a thing exists. Unless, of course, they all snuck in there pretending to be lesbians, which would make it even more interesting by the minute, I should imagine. Simon has no respect for good singers. Steve, twice in a row. I've got better things on a Saturday and watch The X Factor. Well, sadly, 18 million people are watching it. 14, 15 million. Whatever it is, it's the biggest audience 
in television living memory. And, in fact, it just seems to get bigger and better. It is a main news story. Whether you watch it or not, nobody gives a stuff whether you watch it. Nobody cares. Makes no difference. Because 14 million people watch it. And that's what makes it very, very successful. Uh, Kevin. Kevin? Says Vinnie Jones has been in six films. One with Nicolas Cage. Oh, imagine. Imagine. But, uh, plus, he's won the FA Cup. Unbelievable, isn't it? God, all by himself. What, did you just kick it into the goal? <laughs> I've met him, and believe me, it'll be the most genuine of all the jungle idiots. God, how boring is that? Listen, believe you me, I've met him as well. He's naff. He's very naff, I'm afraid. God bless. Six films. Name two. Go on. No, no, that's gone, hasn't it? I think one of them was... Oh, I can't remember. Whatever it was, they had to... Because he was so awful, they had to film him, and then it was all pieced together. I mean, um, as I say, they had to axe his, his reality show. I think it was on the back of the Osbournes. Uh, the, yeah, the Osbournes. And they were saying, oh, look, Vinnie J, he's, he's very controversial. Yeah, the only controversial thing about him is when he squeezed Gaza's little spherical objects. And that, and that was about 300 years ago. And that was the extent of it. As far as I remember, I don't think it was anything else. He was kicked off. He was just a bit stupid. And then he started sort of pretending he was an actor. Started dressing and turning up to sort of naff parties. And turned into a bit of a popsy, I'm afraid. So, uh, not so exciting. Not so exciting. Oh, they've got a picture in the paper today. Do you remember I told you the story yesterday of a girl aged two punched in the face, a two-year-old punched in the face by two teenage girls who tried to mug her mother? This is in broad daylight. This is not night time. This girl uh, was... Uh, the mum was shopping at 4.45. Um, this was in Wembley Park. They've got a picture in the paper today. They're quite clearly... They'll be arrested very, very shortly. They're described as having a Mediterranean appearance with dark brown hair. Uh, at first, the girls, aged between 14 and 18, demanded money, then punched the mum in the arm, then more aggressive, and then punched the tot. Didn't actually get any money. I hope when they find you, they break your legs, loves. I really do. Because, frankly, we need scum like you off the street. But there's a good picture of them in the, uh, in the sun today on page 22. So uh, you can identify them... That will keep the police very happy. It shouldn't take too long, actually. It really shouldn't take too long to find them. And uh, they'll, they'll probably come from a dysfunctional family. Perhaps we'll need to send them on a holiday or something just to sort of rectify the fact they are immensely stupid. There was another woman in the paper. I forgot to... F I've lost the story now. She can't eat vegetables. She's allergic to vegetables. Which is rather a strange thing, because we were talking about veggie, veggies the other day and how sprouts are so good for you. And how, if you actually do them with little crispy bacon bits, and you know we know the crispy bacon company very well, and, and then you put some cheese on the top, that kind of makes a perfect meal. And most people go, ugh, sprouts. Well, coming up to the festive season, now's it. I mean, I hope you've already ordered all your stuff for Christmas. You're not ordered? Oh, dear. we've already ordered it. We've already ordered. I've sent, I've sent my brother the money, and uh, we've ordered the turkey and everything else. We're not actually picking it up just yet, quite clearly. But you have to order it now. If, if, if you don't order it, there's, you'll never get it. There's going to be a world shortage of turkeys this year. Apparently a lot of turkeys are saying they're not going to succumb to the knife. They've had enough of it. And equal rights for turkeys. We found another, uh, another benefit swindler here. This one's a bit more close to home. This one was working at Heathrow Airport. Her name's Janice Wilson. She it must be that... Do you know, I'll tell you, I must go out and claim benefit today. It must be simple. I'm obviously missing out on, on the biggest con. I mean, she is one hell of an ugly woman. Not only that, but a benefit fraudster. Not, do you remember we had one the other week? 35,000. Oh, no. Nothing like that for Janice Wilson. Janice Wilson, 117,000 quid. What a fat old crook you are, love. What a fat old crook. Anyway, she was working as a manager at Heathrow Airport. Unfortunately for her, and this is where many people are going to be called out, a computer linked her national insurance payments 
with her income support. Because now it's all linked up together, so we can find benefit fraudsters like Janice Wilson. And uh, apparently she said she used the money to raise her four kids after her husband died. Oh, well, that's all right then. That's fine. If you just want to go out and do some robbing today, ladies and gentlemen, just put it down to a dead relative. Just do the dead relative story and uh, that's good. No, 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 no. Off to prison. Off to prison for her. And relatives were in tears. Of course they were. She's always been sponging and handing the money out to everybody. £117,000. Is it that e- I mean, I'm, I must be incredibly naive. Is it that easy to get benefit? You just go in there and go, um, I need housing, council tax benefit and income support. Six years she's been claiming it. So, and you th- and the- Obviously nobody in the office has bothered to check it because they just go, oh, that's all right. Yeah. Should, we just, should, should we give you cash now? One of them went in, filled in this fraudulent form, one we had last week on the programme, and they backdated it. And you think, but she's fraudulent. I mean, I appreciate the fact, as many of you tell me, she's tip of the iceberg. But this old benefit fraudster, you just, you know, it's a bit stupid, really, because now she's going to prison. Hurrah! Which is very good news. Um, It's uh, eight months she's going to prison for. So, in other words, having sort of used this 117,000, which she was not entitled to, you know, the rest of you have got to go out and work. Not so Janice Wilson. She just thinks she'll rob the country, which is you and me and pensioners. She'll take it from anybody. She couldn't care less. Now, 17,000. 117,000. Ridiculous. Uh, Man today. Oh, it's National Adoption Week. It's nice, isn't it? Anybody want to adopt me? Christo? James O'Brien? Anybody? Anybody want to adopt? Oh, James O'Brien is adopted, isn't he? Well, perhaps he could be adopted twice. I mean, I've often thought, if you're going to be adopted, could you vet the family first? You know, do they have a fridge freezer? Have they got an indoor swimming pool? If not, I don't want to go to them. I'd rather go to somebody who's sort of earning, you know, some decent money per year, and uh, and, and we can go and live with them. It'd be awful if somebody came around and they go, uh, right, you're, you're going to be adopted. Oh, that's good. Where are we going to? You're going to live on a caravan park. What? Can't I live in a house? Well... This is like a house. It's like one of those permanent caravans. Uncle Rob's got one of those permanent caravans. It doesn't actually go anywhere. It's got two little wheels, but frankly, you can't tow it behind a car because it's got three bedrooms. You know, it's not like the little thing we had years ago where you took down the table and put it down and put the cushions over it and then pulled the curtain across and it became a double bed. And unfortunately, it still meant that as the thing was only 14 feet long, there was a toilet at one end. Who in their right mind can actually, when there's people sleeping in a little tiny touring caravan, use a toilet that's made of metal? I'm sorry, it doesn't happen. We used to have blue stuff in ours, Rakazan. Rakazan was apparently there to, um, to dissolve things. But you still had to go and empty it in the morning. So you'd find all these people walking across fields, holding these huge metal buckets to go and empty it. It's not a holiday. As far as I'm concerned, it is not a holiday. Oh, look, Danielle Lineker. That's the one with the shoplifting mother. You remember her, don't you? She's in the paper today. Because remember last week we had all the hair under the arms. Well, anyway, today she's just modelling. It's a, a hat trick of newly released shots, which is very good. So that's... I don't, I don't know why, actually. But uh, I'm sure that he, he's thrilled. Actually, in one of these, she's looking a little bit too old to be doing these kind of shots now. I don't know how old she is. We don't actually... Oh, she's, she's only 30. Why is it some people are 30 look ancient? And some people look, look actually... Um, Quite young. She d- it's, it's a little bit sad. They used the woman in Emmerdale. I can't remember what her name Lucy Pargeter. And they used her for glamour shots. Uh, 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 uh. Too old. She does look bad in shots, see? 
Even the producer agrees. And that's not her being bitchy. That's her being quite normal. When, when she's bitchy, you want to hear her. Whoa, my goodness me. I tell you, she lays into them. In the office, dreadful. I sometimes, you wonder where I get it from. Her. Her. That's where I get it from. Uh, 84850, Vic says, I think the, the twins could do well with some early cliff. The young ones on the beach, bachelor boy. They can't sing. They, they, they can't. I'm sorry, they can't sing. There's no point in them doing songs. They cannot sing, Vic. I might have to explain this to you a little bit later. Um, two films. Oh, there you go. Uh, Kevin says two films. Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. And the Nicholas uh, film was gone in 60 seconds. On oh, a video called Soccer's Hard Man. He said, actually, I'll take your point. I know. The man's a buffoon, I'm afraid. A buffoon. Yeah, video. Soccer's Hard Man. Did he have to voice that? Oh, and he's doing one on the police at the moment, isn't it? That's always a sign of somebody's career disappearing very quickly. Uh, one here. And, um, I wish that mainly yourself and Christo would stop taking the what's it out of Stacey. There have been more pop and rock stars from Essex than anywhere else in the country. No, there haven't. Don't, don't be so stupid. Of course there haven't. From Essex, they come from Liverpool. Idiot. Oh, nothing worse than thick people. Manchester and Liverpool. Not from Essex, I'm afraid. Wait a minute, let's have a think. The Beatles from Essex? No. The Rolling Stones from Essex? No. No, they weren't. They were, they were posh boys. They were terribly posh. Certainly not Essex. Wait a minute. No, they didn't live in Essex. They've never lived in Essex. Mick, Mick Jagger lived in Newbury in a house called Stargroves. I know. Uh, nice to go there. And um, what else? What else? Um, cool. I'll be, wait a minute. Let's try and think. Anybody from Essex? Uh, take that. No. Westlife? No. Boys at No. Oh, well, I tell you, do come up with some Essex groups for us. I mean, there's a few old slappers who turn up in white PVC things, but they're not, they're not pop stars. There's nothing, actually, from Essex. And frankly, if you seriously think that Stacey Solomon's going to make it from Dagenham, must need your ears cleaning out, I should imagine. David Bowie from Essex. Do you think so? You think so? You're not even sure about it, though, are you? He's... Yeah, one person. One. <laughs> exactly. Uh, happy birthday to Mum Jean. Big fan of mine. Gets up every morning just to listen. That's from Deborah, which is cool. Good. Uh, 84850, uk. It is the biggest programme on the television, X Factor. It is absolutely the one that everybody... As uh, talking about. Sky News said Robbie was at Mark Owen's wedding. Well, he wasn't. He certainly wasn't. What they've said was, they've said that somebody said they thought they saw him in the crowd. Well, he didn't feature in any of the pictures. Perhaps they'll superimpose him on there, which is good. My heart broke when I heard Robbie Williams' story. I'm sure used, yours did too. Um, no, sadly not. No, not on that one. I've, you're ahead of me on that one. I've got no idea what the Robbie Williams story is. Uh, what, what is that? And your heart broke. Oh, never mind. No. Oh, he will return to take that. No, he won't. Sorry, Nancy, he won't. They don't want him. You know that Gary Barlow, who's a writing talent, and who's been, I mean, in the Hall of Fame, they're now saying that Gary Barlow is such a talent that he's possibly the best writer that we've had. He writes no end of songs for singers that you've never heard of, not just the Take That stuff, but he's, he's got, I mean, I could do the list of all the songs... And he's actually very good-looking. Robbie was always the buffoon, I'm afraid, the one who was prone to the breakdowns and the substances and the drink and the depression and everything. To be honest with you, spoilt children comes to mind. It's the kind of thing, you know, oh, that we should all be so lucky to be given £80 million and then totally waste it with a lacklustre album, which, frankly, is feeble. He's having to do every show to try and sell this album, so much so that I think today... Is it today? He's on Loose Women. Sadly, for many of you who had tickets for Loose Women today, you've been kicked out. They don't want you there. You've all been told not to go because 
uh, the Realton audience, but it's made up of Robbie Williams fans. They approached the fan club, so they wrote to all the people who had tickets for the show who were looking forward to going, and somebody says, oh, good, Robbie Williams will be on that day. Sadly, they don't want you on, Loose Women. You're out so that they can replace it with an audience who are going to go, yeah, we love you, we love you, we love you. In other words, massaging a rather overinflated ego even further. It's going to be quite revolting. Quarter to six. These are the headlines. A 24-hour bus strike has started in East London. Drivers walked out at three o'clock this morning in a row over pay, affecting 58 routes. Details on the LBC website. The number of children claiming to have been sexually abused by women has doubled in the last five years, and Childline say reports of assaults by women now make up almost a quarter of calls they get. The Home Secretary says Labour's failure to debate immigration may have boosted the appeal of the British National Party and massive shock for X Factor fans last night as Lucy Jones lost out to Jedwood in the bottom two after Simon Cowell refused to use his casting vote to get rid of the controversial twins. Check on the roads for you this morning. It's Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. It's very foggy in place. T7.3. You've struggled to find people from Essex, haven't you, apart from David? From Essex. <laughs> Depeche Mode and Alison Moyer. Okay, who? Depeche who? And Alison, yeah, okay. Captain Beefheart and Blur came from Essex. Blum, we're scraping the barrel now, aren't we? David Bowie, Depeche Mode, five, st- five star. <laughs> Crikey. <laughs> you remember five star, don't you? Oh, dear me. Stories we could tell you about five star. And Mick Jagger was closer to Essex than you think. Dartford. Yeah, about the best place, I would think. Uh, Depeche Mode, Essex band still packing out stadium, stadiums. Depeche Mode? I don't think so. I don't think so. Joe Brownish from Essex and surely Tommy Steele. No, he's not. So ridiculous. And Joe Brown, neither, as well. And uh, uh, David Bowie's from Brixton, says Russ. So there you go. So, so far, nobody from Essex. Not looking very promising, is it? A uh, couple of things, actually, which I must quickly go through some of your uh, text emails. Dawn says, why did you say Carol who to all your followers on Twitter Sunday afternoon? Was that something to do with Carol McGiffin? I just spoke to Carol, actually. I spoke to her last night. We're going out for lunch in a couple of weeks' time. She's writing her autobiography. I said it shouldn't take too long, should it? And uh, enjoyed listening to the In Conversation with Jamie Cullum. Surprised to hear I can do something he can't. Read music. Can't read music. Cannot read music. How cool is that? It's wonderful. Very, very good. And uh, I saw him in concert. I'd never have guessed he wasn't using a set list. Nope. He's never written anything down. He's never discussed with the, with the band what songs he's doing. He just goes on, and depending on what mood he's in, he just goes into something, and they just, they just pick up. Brilliant. Bit nail-biting, X Factor. Personally, says Dawn, I'd like Stacey and the Twins to be in until the final and Stacey to win. She won't win. It'll, it'll go to Ollie. I'd always put money on it now, and John and Edward, they won't win. It'll be between John, I bet you, because they'll hang on to them for the publicity purposes, I think. Um, the twins were in the bottom two with Lucy, the Welsh girl. I was convinced they would go, but it went to the public vote. That's because Simon bottled it, didn't he? It was easier to do that because he knew what would happen. He knew immediately what would happen. It's all this rubbish about, you know, if they win, I'm going to leave the country. It's just rubbish. It's an act. Very good act, though. Very good act. Noreen says, we had to pull into the side of the road for our two-minute silence, got stuck behind a learner, and were running late. He kept stalling, so we pulled into a turning and got out and observed the two minutes. I can't handle people who don't. I know, it drives me mad drives me mad. It's like if I was working in a supermarket, I would stop. I've seen people stop on railway stations for the two minutes. But in supermarkets, you know, somebody's still moving stuff over the tills and somebody said, can you do... No, we're doing two minutes silence, excuse me. Dreadful. Uh, However, Noreen this week is off to the health farm. Back Friday evening, so a lot of podcasts to catch up with. You and our Clive. Our Clive. I saw our Clive the other day, actually. He looked very well. Very well indeed. 
as we head up to the festive season. So, as I say, hope you've started wrapping and uh, getting your cards ready. Uh, Lindsay says, please say congratulations to my son, Edward. He has just turned 18 and heard on Friday he's been made a member of the Magic Circle. So he's very happy and will attend his first Monday night tonight. If you're going, he'll be the one with a huge smile. Sadly not, but I will be at the uh, the dinner, which I'll tell you about in a moment. If you do mention it on your show, do it after 6.45 when he gets up. Oops, <laughs> as they say, oops. <laughs> we'll have to do it again. Oh, dear. Of course, we don't have... We're, we're doing somebody new on the horse racing this morning. Somebody new on the horse racing. So today it's, it's going to be Katie. He's going, oh, she can't be worse than Matthew, I'm afraid. Matthew was... Well, I'll, I'll tell you a bit later what, what he did. Uh, Nick Ferrari this morning, talking about 20 years after the fall of the Berlin Wall, and uh, drivers in Britain paying more for diesel than in any other European country. They'll be talking about that and many other things as well, with you on the phones. And in to do the papers is Kevin Maguire from the Daily Mirror. Uh, another happy birthday, this time from Gary and Croydon, to his wife Audrey. So birthday on Monday, and it would make her day if you wished her a happy birthday. There you go. People are easily pleased now. Make sure to... I'm do, it doesn't say on this one. It doesn't say the right time. So I'm assuming, Audrey, you're up. Unlike an 18-year-old who can only struggle up at quarter to seven in the morning. Not good enough. By the way, says Gary, only 45 days to Christmas. When are you in the sparkly jackets coming back to Fairfield Halls? Um, well, we would have done Fairfield Halls this year, but the trouble is that they've got different management down there. And uh, even though we've explained to them patiently that, in fact, the show sells out within a matter of hours, they want huge deposits to put down. Put it this way, Cannon and Ball managed to sell 400 tickets. We sold 1,750. 400 people went to see Cannon and Ball. Producer's quite shocked by that. Quite shocked. That many, she thinks. That many people. Yes. Yes, I, I know a story about Cannon and Ball, but I can't, can't repeat it on this programme. Well, I can, actually. No, I can't, actually. No, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you later. Uh, very quickly, I mentioned the Magic Circle Awards Banquet, which is held at the Holiday Inn Bloomsbury, Saturday the 21st of November, 6.15 for 7 o'clock. I'm going because I'm going to be responding to a speech. I'm not performing in any way, shape or form. I have to, apart from breathing and sitting down and eating and drinking. Uh, the Devant Award this year, the David Devant Award, is going to Ali Bongo, who, who died a short while ago. He was the president of the Magic Circle. Now uh, Jack Delvin is president and his uh, niece Alison will receive it. They've got some other awards, but they're keeping them secret. And for the first time, as far as I know, they've opened it up to the public. So you can go, but it's black tie it's black tie. It's 6.15 for 7 on the 21st of November. I think they've only got two tickets left or three or something like that. They're £60 each. Got to wear black tie, though. It's not just turn up in a pair of jeans or a pair of shorts. Thank you very much indeed. And there's a number to call. It's a guy called David Ball. 01923 822 589. For an evening of magic and fun and wonderful things. And I'm here over Christmas, incidentally, for all those people saying, what are we doing over Christmas? The answer is Nick's taking uh, a break. I think he's going to a clinic or something. And um, a little bit, because he's had his hair dyed again. You know, he's had his hair dyed. Every time, it's amazing, isn't it? He goes in there. Is he still having it done by, by Nicky? Nicky's still doing his colour. God, Lord, it's amazing. Uh, see, I, I'd have gone to Nicky if I had hair to do, because somebody wrote to me the other week and said, are you blonde or ginger? tempted to say dark but i thought you can't why would you be ginger i don't know actually i like ginger i think ginger's nice i think ginger's very nice indeed actually very very nice <laughs> uh 84850 steve at uk. uh depeche mode basildon and yazoo it's about the best week we're coming up with from from essex i'm afraid and this is martin and sarah and they say oh and david bowie isn't from essex he's from brixton thank you 
Another bad mark for the producer. So he's not even from Essex at all. Not remotely. Brixton. Yeah, so the only one that the producer came up with, I'm afraid, isn't Essex. So, in other words, you know, you're never going to find anybody. Uh, Dr. Feelgood, says Lou. Most people, unfortunately, will never have heard of Dr. Feelgood. I have, but majority of people. Uh, Johnny says, on a serious note, Robbie Williams knows he's average, very average, and I think it eats him up when thinking of himself as a superstar. Hence the self-inflicted problems. Memo to Robbie. You've had a touch, embrace it, and relax, mate. Imagine having to get up and do a 12-hour day and pay the normal bills with raising a family. Get over yourself. It does, it does need that. When you watch people being interviewed, that's why I said the other day, when I do people for in conversation, they're not thrust upon me. We decide who we're going to talk to. And I decide if I can get something out of people. And they're all very down to earth. They're ordinary. I couldn't possibly deal with somebody like Robbie Williams. Because A, I, a, I don't think he could manage. B, he'd have drifted off. I think, yeah, I mean, Gladys Knight, the most, an ordinary, talented person. Jamie Cullum, ordinary, talented person who can sit down and have a conversation without doing the big I am. Robbie Williams, it's like you're talking to God. And to be, oh, sounds like a title, a line from a song, doesn't it, really? But to be honest with you, it's, it's, it's hardly worth the effort. So that's why it'll be so interesting to see that the loose women brown-nosing over him with an audience made up of a lot of people who think he's absolutely ace. Uh, 84850, Jackie says Dudley Moore came from Dagenham. Is he a pop star? I don't think he's a pop star, really. He played the piano, and that was about it. Uh, 84850, steve at Uh Robbie Williams was the good-looking one, and the real talent, says Nancy. You're immensely stupid, aren't you, really? I think, I think I'll just take you off our system. It's so much easier. We can't, can't deal with permanently bewildered people. You know, he didn't write anything. He's never written anything in his life. He's all ha- always had to do it. He wrote the one line in Angels, Down the Waterfall. How difficult was that? What a talent. Even the producer goes, whee! What a talent. Uh, I have not seen Strictly Come Dancing, I'm afraid. I haven't seen it, and I'm not, uh, not remotely interested in seeing it, I'm afraid. They, they kicked off Craig, I think, and, uh, and that's, I couldn't even tell you who else was in it at the moment. I'm really not that bothered. I know there's a lot of bleach blonde people who come from East European countries who are obviously, you know, the serious dancers. And then there's a few crackpot celebrities. The Dancing on Ice we mentioned yesterday. You must download yesterday's podcast, which I know thousands upon thousands upon thousands of you do, because we ran through the lineup of who's appearing in Strictly Dancing on Ice. Oh my God, bring out your dead. Bring out your. I mean, it gets so desperate. Gordon Ramsay's wife is now considered a celebrity. Tanner Ramsey, on the strength of one book, is booked to appear on Strictly Come Dancing on Ice. You know, love Gordon, but I'm so, you know, why, why not just bring, bring the children on and have them sort of presenting children? I just don't understand it. Mind you, if, if you'll put Daniela Westbrook and Heather Mills on a programme, you'll put anybody on, I suppose. It looked desperately, desperately awful, I'm afraid. Uh, Shelley Vision today, Jim Shelley, less than ecstatic, talking about it was jed unfair that Lucy got the X Factor boot. Of course it was, because the programme is, is just put together like that. It's, it's, it's the way that they get coverage in all the papers. Front page of every paper. X Factor. That's how you make a successful programme. I mean, you know, it'd be no good me, me sitting here being nice about people. How boring would that be as a programme? Be controversial, get a huge audience. Latest figures prove it, so you're especially welcome. Uh, Phil, why are you hanging upside down drinking a coffee? Morning, team. It's uh, nine minutes past six, which is great. And uh, it's still cold outside. It is cold this morning, and it is dark, which is good news. Uh, Bill says Simon Cowell has chosen money over talent. 
Was it ever any different, I'm afraid? Was it ever any different? That's how... We, we were, I was talking to Andrew Pearce the other day, strangely, and he was talking about Goldman Sachs on his programme. And I said, why are people up in arms over a bank that makes a huge amount of money? Not just for itself, but also for the people who work there. And I think this year they shared in bonuses something like £21 billion or two, whatever it was, it was a most phenomenal amount of money. So some employees will go home with millions in bonuses because they've generated that much. I said, why do we not applaud somebody who makes a lot of money? We seem to say, oh, if you make a lot of money, uh, what, what do you give to charity? You know, and things like that. Susan Spence is here. She, she does not make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> if only. I mean, I, I don't know. She could be a £45 million winner on the lottery. Well, I'd keep that very quiet if I were. Yeah. Well, you've just, kept it quiet. It's I'd brilliant. Still, I'd still come in in rags. <laughs> yes, I would too. Mm. I would too. I, w- I would see how long I, I could keep it quiet. And I reckon about, about half an hour. <laughs> would you think you'd manage that no, long? I'd, uh, mm. Somebody wrote in and said Kate Bush was born in uh, Essex. No, she wasn't. She was born in Kent. She was born in Kent. There's nobody in Essex. There's nobody there. 1958, I think Bexley, if memory serves, Bexley Heath, I think she was born in, something like that. So I was a big Kate Bush fan. Out on the wild, the Oh, yeah, I think she was very good, I yeah. have to admit. And then she did, oh, Kabushka, Babushka, which I didn't like as much. Babushka, I didn't like that. She's got iconic status, strangely. She goes to school. Well, she takes her kids to school. She goes to school, bless her heart. That's her iconic status. Sorry, I didn't mean that. But she's she had a book out a short while ago, and I think an album. And she's still got cult follow. The fans will still follow Kate Bush. She's sort of achieved that. She never sought publicity. You won't see her being interviewed anywhere. No, she was a bit culty and and, uh. and and remains that way. I think once a Kate Bush fan, always a Kate Bush fan. Yes. Is that your stomach again? Probably. <laughs> it's been going berserk over two days because I've had to... I sat, I sat down yesterday and put all my tax things in different folders. Oh, yes. It's very therapeutic. No, it's not. No, it is, promise you. And I've de- I'm determined this time round, for the last 20 years, I've said the same thing. I've got all the folders. When I get a bill in, or I get sort of an invoice or whatever, why don't I just put it straight in the folder? I don't. I stack them all up, and then I have to sort them all out. So I give it to my accountant, oh, I and I let Steve sort it all out. I've got all my bank statements, and, he ha- and he'll phone me and go, I'm missing January 2009. And I go, well, no one's asking me. I don't know where they are. It's all arrived there. If it's not there, we haven't got it. No, I have to admit, I have an envelope for every month. And oh, do you? Yes. You put so everything for I that month I put all in. the receipts, only receipts, uh, bank statements and everything are kept separately. Oh, right. But all the receipts go in that envelope. But it still means that you have to go through that whole month yeah. and then break it down into all the different categories. Oh, well, I don't do that. Oh, do you do your own tax? Yes. It's, uh, yeah. Oh, well, I, no, I have my accountant who does it, right. but I do it to that point because I've done it for so long that I just like to keep a little bit of control. Oh, no, I've done nothing. No, I, I like do, For anybody listening who's self-employed, no, that's why I pay Steve to do it. I pay him because that's, he, that he, he, he takes away that, that, that side of it. I can do yeah. my own VAT, mm. just. <laughs> I still have to refer to a checklist, which he wrote for me about ten years ago, on what goes in what box. Because mm-hmm. when you're filling in these forms, I can't remember. And I sit down and go, right, that, right, and that top... Now I'm flat rate, it's fine, it's a bit easier for me. Because before you had to claim and put... And I can't be bothered with that. Oh, no, 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 none of that. But, yeah, I I do still... I just like to keep a bit... I mean, you know, I I hand it all over to the accountant. Yeah. But I have pretty much done... Probably but isn't that what accountants are for? You give it to them and they do it. Well, if you want, I, if you want to pay more, yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I, I do. D- no. <laughs> well, I just... It's not a case of I do. It's a case of it's easier for him to do something I can't do. I'm not an accountant. 
No, but it doesn't take much to staple together no, the fuel receipts. No, believe you me, it does. And the, you know, the travel receipts and, and the stationery Bank statements receipts. alone, I've got a wallet. This, it's like a paperback book. Oh, yeah, and you've got to keep them for at least for six years. Oh, I've got so many bank statements. And, of course, because of all different accounts, mm. you, you know, I'm getting, you know, sometimes you get a big, thick envelope through it, and then, of course, you get the thing for the tax purposes. Oh, it's a nightmare. Yeah, nightmare. it is. Anyway, Steve, if you're listening, hope you enjoyed your holiday and good luck with them. That's all I'll tell you. Good luck. <laughs> anyway, off in the wonderful world of soaps. Yeah. They were saying the other day, how are we going to get rid of Peggy from EastEnders? I'd rather she just went on holiday. I don't want her, I don't want her to be killed off. I think they might kill her off. Oh, my God. I think they might you kill think? her off. I think if she's absolutely adamant that she doesn't want to come back, mind you, sometimes they don't give you any choice, no. um, it wouldn't surprise me if they killed her off. Because, oh, you know, no. you don't want to send her off the back of a cab. Because that's no, not that's right. No. That's not fitting for a character like Peggy. No. Nor do you really want to send her off to see Grant. I mean, that's no. just a bit of a cop-out, too. Um, so, unless she goes off into the sunset with a new man, then what are they going to do with her? Well, her could, couldn't she just go on holiday or something? I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd much rather... she sit and then, and then they go, has anybody seen Peggy? And they go, no, I haven't. <laughs> And then just leave it like that. You know, Steve, this is why you do what you do and the script writers do what they do. Well, I tell you, I was watching the other night and I got really quite annoyed. I was watching Coronation Street and I thought, have they got people in who are deliberately writing stupid lines as if they're writing a comedy script? It, to me, it looked like a very old Victoria Woods script where they're going, oh, I could go and do so-and-so. Oh, I must try some of that embrocation. And they had a man coming in to get a job with Morris. Norris. Norris, in the, in the corner shop. Horace. This man's called Horace. Horace. And it turned into a stupid little sketch. It was ridiculous. And I was getting annoyed because I was thinking, this is not proper writing. This is just writing a silly little sketch for two characters. You kind of need to be in that storyline because the whole thing is that Norris has worked with Rita all these years and moaned and groaned at her and all that kind of thing, but secretly is in love with her. And then, of course, she goes off on the round-the-world cruise and he tries to get all these people in to to fit, Mm. um, you know, a a shop assistant, and he comes up with all these ridiculous types. One minute one was too chatty, the next one wouldn't say a word, and now this one's a carbon copy of Norris. So it kind of has been a little bit of a storyline that's been running. So if you just step into it now, then yes, it does seem a bit farcical. I thought it was silly. Yeah, but he does look like him, though. Yes, but I just thought it was just stupid. It just just annoyed me. Yeah, but that's that's kind of part of it. Yeah, Okay. Okay, eight four eight five zero Steve at LBC dot uh, Have you watched Brighton Beach Patrol yet? No, no I've n- I don't even know what it is. What is it? Is I it some it reality a, show? Yeah. Well, oh, right. no, no, it's not reality. Oh, it's it just a... they clean up the beach in oh, real river... life. Oh, r- riveting! Somebody cleans up the beach in Brighton, and that's a program. <laughs> My God, we've plumbed some new depths, ladies and gentlemen. Quarter past six. <laughs> Have a check on the news headlines. Katie Radley. Thank you. Celebrations are planned across Germany later. From one, LBC 97.3. Very sexy little kitten, that is. There you go. Jenny Barnett's with you this afternoon. Uh, Steve says, Jan, I've just discovered two of my good friends are constant LBC listeners and particular fans of yours. Here's where my pronunciation goes out the window. Now, I think it's Mari and... What do we think the other one was? Well, I think it's Ailey. Ailey. We think it could be Ailey. Is that... Or... Of course, the producer thinks it's a leader. No, it's Makes not it a sound leader. Like a, no, make it sound DH. like a toilet cleanser. The well, DH is silent. The DH is silent. It shouldn't be there, exactly. So I'm of that opinion. It's like Kaylee is DH. C-E-I-L-D-H. So that, I think that's why that's Ailey. Oh, right. It's Gaelic. Okay. Oh, it's Gaelic, is I it? I think it is. I, I, How lovely. Please don't hold me to it, but I think it is. Okay. 
There we are. Good news. Good news on that one. Now, so I've just thought of a brilliant thing for, for children in need. Mm. I think what they should have is different characters walking in to the Queen Vic. So, so you've, you've got Peggy behind the bar, and all of a sudden, Betty walks in holding a hot pot, and she goes, did somebody order hot pot? And they go, I think you're in the wrong soap. And she goes, am I? <laughs> I think that could be hilarious. I mean, they've never done it before, have they? They haven't cross-promoted. I don't ever think, like, they would only, they, like, EastEnders would never promote an ITV show, but... Why Emma not? D- they have Emma people Dale. on the BBC are on ITV as well. Emmerdale might promote Corey, and Corey might promote Emmerdale. That'd be hilarious. Like, saying, oh, did you see Emmerdale the other yeah. night when, you know, yeah. they're standing at the bar you of the Rovers. Eric Pollard wandering into Rover's Return, going, um, it's, I've got a factory round here. And they go, I don't think so, we've just got an underwear factory here. <laughs> it could be so funny. <laughs> It could be, it could be, he could be in Manchester on business, popping up there. Because mm. over in Emmerdale, I'm getting a bit angry because of this stupid <laughs> storyline with this silly girl who works in the shop with no customers. Layla. Layla, who's had a quick fling with Posh Boy, who needs a good slap, I'm afraid. And now he's blackmailing her because she stole some money from the till and, and it's gone on. But she's also lied to the police because she claimed she was driving a car. When, in fact, yeah. it was him driving, wasn't it? Well, she's done it all because she goes out with David and she had a drunken one-night stand with Nathan and now he's just threatening to tell David if she doesn't do this, that or the other. And, of course, she's worried that David um, he will find out. And he does find out this week because she ends, she ends up telling him because he confronts her and says, are you having an affair with Nathan? Because he keeps on seeing them together. Yeah. And she tells him. and He's, he's oily. Like, I don't like Nathan. Yeah. I don't so, like the character because I don't see how he can redeem himself after this. I think we have to get rid of him. <laughs> Let's, let's well, just kill him in well, the wool pack. Hooray! You know that Maxwell <laughs> Caulfield is not renewing his contract. Hooray! So he will be going at, <laughs> oh, the, end of, um, at the end of this year, beginning yes. of next. Oh, oh, that, However, that Nat- um, Natasha, played by Amanda Donahoe, and Kim Thompson, who plays Faye, who, yeah. of course, to the two women, yeah. they stay. So I'm wondering, perhaps, if he dies or... Um, they decide to, you know, now that he's, he's already run away with one woman, yes. why not run away with a third woman? Yes, why not? So he could go off with a third woman yes. and leave them all behind. Perhaps he can run away with Nathan. Do us all a favour. Take Nathan. Perhaps. Take Perhaps. him. Because but he does get he does get his comeuppance because he gets thumped by David. Good. And um, also Layla knees him in the you-know-whats. Because to be honest with you, honesty is the best policy. She's been blackmailed over this. She should have told the boyfriend, listen, I made a mistake. He came on to me. We had a drunken one-night stand. He's been blackmailing me. David, bang. Out, Nathan. Go away. Go with Maxwell. Disappear. You're getting on my nerves. But she did- and take the vicar with you. Oh, I know. He's getting more stupid yeah. by the daytime. Well, he really is. He's as dumb as the vet. Yeah, well, this this week, Laurel gets... Poor girl. She went up and smoked last That's week. Right. She goes up and smoke again this week <laughs> because she gets locked, she gets in, locked the in the church. And um, by that horrible Sally. Shouldn't laugh. And ends up, you know, ringing the church bells to attract attention. But by the time Ashley gets to her, she's unconscious. And she she um, will survive, luckily, because she's got a contract, ladies and gentlemen. But it's all this, you know. Shall shall I take take the children down to the playground? Then the kids come back. She goes, "Can we go there again tomorrow?" She's saying to this woman who's not her mother. I'm thinking, get her out. Ashley, you must be the stupidest man living. How you ever got to be a vicar, matey? No idea. I know it's only acting, but I get quite passionate. (laughs) You quite like Emmerdale these days, don't you? I like it because I get angry. Mm. I get angry with these storylines, which is actually exactly what you're supposed to do. You know what's happening this week, but I'm not sure that you like. Mm. Emmerdale gets its first illegal immigrant. Well, how have they managed to find it? Well, apparently she came over on one of the vans. And then Come she's over on a van. On a van, because you know no, how um, <laughs> the hot. What did you think I said? 
No, I just, okay. I just thought it was funny. You said right, she came now. over on one of the vans, like well, I was supposed she, to know what the van was. Because you know how they go to the continent, you've got the Sharmas with the sweet factory and also you've got the Kings with the refuge thing and they're always going over to Europe. Yeah, oh, right. quite regularly they make trips. Well, apparently, it, she, first of all, she's found in one of the van scarpers and then little Belle and Will find her in the, um, in the barn. Oh, right. She's called Elena. Where, where, where is she from? I think she's from Ukraine. Right. Does she speak English? Uh, yes. Right. I nearly said yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously thinking She's she came German. from Germany. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Ukraine. So probably still yeah. Yeah. <laughs> should imagine. So sh- is she going to be a regular fixture? Um, I'm, I'm not sure, actually. Uh, funny. Just yeah. one. It's very unusual to find one asylum seeker in the back of a van. Normally you get two or three. You don't well, get she one. Well, she was meant to... The, she was meant to go out of the van to meet her brother, but of course the van didn't stop, so she ended up going all the way to. She ended up in that balmy village called Emmerdale. To be honest with you, I'd go back to the Ukraine, dear, because yeah. it's a lot safer than where you've ended yeah, up. Exactly. They're all mad as brushes. Yeah. Mind you, there is a death about to be announced in EastEnders. <laughs> well, yeah, there is. I'm I know, I, no, I know, but I'm. I, Are you loath to say? I, I kind of am because. Okay. Just in case people are... I did tell Amanda, because I know she's a huge fan. Oh, right. I just, I'm just kind of loathe to say such a big thing. It's, oh, OK, it doesn't matter. We're just, not going to tell okay, you. OK, we can tell you an either-or. No, 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 don't. No, no. Let's actually leave them dangling oh, okay. this morning. You'll all be going, go on, Steve, tell us. But they'll all just go on the internet. Well, let them go and on the internet. On the internet. If you go on the internet, just go to lbc.co.uk. It isn't on there, but there's a lovely picture of me <laughs> at the moment. Okay, so I tell you that now. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so it's, it, is, is that going to be is that going to be the Christmas bombshell? No, 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 no. no. The Christmas bombshell is all to do with Archie, right? Um, no, I don't think it'll be the Christmas bomb bombshell, but it's coming up quite soon. Oh, very right. soon issue. It's coming yeah, up. it's 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 a uh, it's 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 a man. Yes, apparently. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm just popping into my microphone here. Uh, Elie is is Gaelic or Gaelic for Helen. That's the one we couldn't pronounce Ailey. with this. With this, yeah, Ailey. It's Helen. Helen. So there you go. It? Oh, right. So Helen. Well, let's call her Helen then. Will it make it a lot easier? It's very confusing because of the pronunciation. I'm hopeless with this. Hopeless. Uh, and I have got my swine flu jab on Wednesday. That's lovely. I'm really looking. For, I don't know how big these needles are for this thing, but they have I'll to book. That you, long. Thanks, but they have to book you in. <laughs> You're going home in a wheelchair today. I'm telling you. <laughs> don't strike me with needles. I'm not very good. With, well, I'm all right with little needles. little needles, but not not big needles. And for some reason, when I go in for my injections, they're big needles. You stab yourself all the time. Yeah, but that's a little tiny needle. I mean, that's you just screw that onto the end of the syringe, and I just stab and then plunge. Oh my God, I feel quite stab sick. And <laughs> stab and plunge. <laughs> Beginning to sound like a storyline in Emmerdale. <laughs> Stab and plunge. The vicar with a bit of luck. Because that really... I mean, do they not realise that we know these characters so well that when they do something that is out of character, we get annoyed? Because it's just, it's just stupid. You know, we know he's a bit of a dim vicar. But to have your ex-girlfriend there with your wife and this quasi... Well, she hasn't checked up at all. He's done no checking. He's just believed this stupid woman who's lying. I mean, when did that get found out? Well, the thi- that gets, that's fairly soon. Good. The thing is, though, with Ashley, he, it's, it's the past with his... with her husband that she, he hates him. And so he's just allowed his hatred over the years when they were at uni together. He's a vicar. Yeah, but, you they know... They don't have yeah, hatred. But, they oh, love people. Vicars without hatred. Yeah, they, they, they love people. I mean, admittedly, there are some sort of vicars who, who do a little bit, but, I mean, not on the television. But he is... He's always been wet. Yeah. He's never really stood by the woman he's been with. He's always, he's always you know, mm. taken the, the side of the other person. Well, sooner that comes to a head, the better, and we get rid of the... Do, do, do we end up getting rid of the girlfriend? 
Yeah, she goes. Thank God for that. Perhaps she can take Nathan with. I'm desperate to get rid of Nathan now. He's annoyed me so much in oh, the programme. Oh, that's a shame, because the guy that plays him, Lyndon Ogborn, is yeah. a really good little actor. Oh, he's, he's OK, but he's just... It, I don't know how he can recover from this, because he's a nasty little blackmailer at that age. Horrible. Anyway, we'll take a very short break. We'll have uh, more from Susan in a moment. LBC 97.3... 26 minutes to 7. Now, you remember Matthew, when he went on holiday, says Alexander, on his two-week break, said he expected to come back to a profit in the horse racing. Well, if he couldn't do it in a couple of months, how on earth he expects Katie Radley to do it in two weeks is just ludicrous. I mean, quite clearly, he has set her an impossible task. I think we can do it. Well, it, well he, he came, he, the trouble is he won't go each way. Now, I don't know what he's like, you know, with anybody else, but with me, he flatly refused to go each way. He always goes on the nose, and he had a third on Friday with That's Aston. That's pretty good. Matt. Well, it's, yeah, but the trouble is third is it's not quite good enough, because he went on the nose, so he didn't win anything. Oh, right. So he lost two pounds. Yes. Ponting, though, for Alexander, won at four to seven. The profit there, one pound fourteen. And believe you me, we get quite excited at £1.14. <laughs> Total loss is £24 and a penny. And as you've inherited for a couple of weeks, £69.66, you're in the red. Oh, dear. So you're looking for <laughs> a horse today. Uh, Monday's lost cause for Alex is the one twenty at Carlisle. Reindeer Dippin. Reindeer Dippin win only. OK. My, got... my racing tip is Shark Man in the 3.05 at Wolverhampton. Right. Shark Man, the 305. He was second in his last race, apparently, and he won the one before that. So, fingers crossed. This is far too much information. You're not, <laughs> you're, not, you're not supposed to know these kind of things. In fact, we, we never get information like this. I mean, well, all you're we dealing with the experts sort of Matthew now. Matthew is, you know, this might have four legs. We're not sure. <laughs> and that's you probably shut your eyes and stick your pin in the paper. It's, well, exactly. I mean, obviously, we, we, we've now got... I mean, who knows? This could be a winner, Kate. Mm, I think so. Could be a winner. Well, we always find out uh, the next day. So if, 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 you, if you do get a winner, it's a mince pie. Fantastic. There you go. If it isn't, not a mince pie. <laughs> okay. Are you easily pleased? Yes. <laughs> oh, believe you me, they're very easily pleased. <laughs> so we'll talk tomorrow morning. OK, see you then. Look forward to it. Thanks for that. That's Katie Radley. So she'll be back tomorrow. She sounded quite hopeful with that. Yes, she did. She sounded that's, very confident. She's done her research. I was very impressed by yep. that. Very impressed. Uh, 20 years after the fall of the Berlin Wall, and who doesn't remember it? I remember the people there, and I, I can remember when the Berlin Wall was up. I don't remember it actually going up, I don't think. But I remember how it worked and people who tried to get across from east to west and I remember people being shot mm. by the guards in the towers as they crawled under the... The worst bit was the barbed wire, which was spread out and people trying to get across at night. And some people were shot and then pe their friends had to come and get their bodies back. Mm. It was just absolutely atrocious. So I remember it when it came down very, very well indeed. And Nick will be asking if the recent recession is a sign that capitalism, like communism, has failed. Is it time for a new ideology? Uh, Kevin Maguire, associate editor at the Daily Mirror, will be in to take a look at the papers. If you can find something apart from X Factor, good luck. <laughs> and and I did miss Ollie um, Penny Lancaster jigging around on Strictly last night, a bit naff uh, because Rod was singing on stage. Oh, Rod Stewart was singing. I think it's a bit sad, isn't it? Rod Stewart has to go on Strictly Come Dancing to flog a new album or something. Bit, you know, gone of the he's a big star, Rod Stewart. Yeah, but I suppose Strictly is quite big. I mean, it's not as big as X Factor, but it's still yeah. quite big if you get something to punt. Yes. And, and she that's has got do. an association with Strictly, hasn't she? Wasn't she on was it? Was she on it? Was well, she not one, one of his wives were? <laughs> well, that, that <laughs> narrows sure. it down, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Penny, Lancaster. Penny Lancaster. Yes, it, it was, was Penny it was on it, yes. Oh, well, then that'll be why there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a connection. But it's so funny, isn't it? Because over on X Factor, we had um, the Black Eyed Peas and Fergie singing, mm. and somebody else. So I can't make this in my stomach going again. I'm so sorry. I didn't... Uh, I, like I no. said last week, I didn't, didn't watch <laughs> it. And based on what I heard, what happened, 
I, I think it's the absolute right decision. It's an absolute joke. Yeah, it is. But it's not, it's but not a, you know, it's, it's got not nothing a to do with it being a singing competition. No. It's got to do with how much money can Simon make out of it because it's a business proposition. It's nothing more than how do we get publicity? Let's, I'm going to put it to a public vote. No, he should have voted them out. Of course he did because he made enough song and dance yes. about how poor they were. Yes. Well, he actually said last night, you amused me. And so that, that for Simon means that he's, he's fine. I mean, put it, it's just a, it's just ridiculous, the whole thing. Either it, way, it's a programme designed to make money but, for him and Louis. Yes, and, and we've always known that. However, mm. it, this year it is more blatant than ever. Yes. And that's where I think he's going to have to well, be they were careful. doing songs from the movies. I thought they'd be proper songs, not stupid pop songs that were, you know, squeezed into a movie. They were nothing to do with the movie. You know, you, you could just come up with anything. But I think that's two weeks in a row now that he has... Um, basically ended the career of two girls who possibly, mm. maybe not so much Lucy, but Rachel definitely, yes. I'm sure, could have had some kind of career out yeah. of it. He's stalled it, well, stalled, he's ended their career, yes. that's it. Yes. For the sake of, what, the little blonde boy who can't sing and two guys who, yeah, they've got zany haircuts and they happen to be funny, but they can't they're sing They're not either. funny, I think they're a bit stupid, because when one of them was asked, and I don't know which one it was, uh, by uh, Holly Willoughby, she said, uh, do, do you fear a, a backlash? And he quite clearly had never heard the word before. And so he stared at her blankly and she said, you know, because of the, the publicity turning around. She had to explain what backlash meant to a 17-year-old. They don't come any thicker, I'm afraid. It's just, it's just, the trouble is, very funny, lovely, jumping up and down, you know, like children in a playground. They're 17. They're supposed to be adults. They've got no talent. They can't dance. They can't, they, yesterday they were kicking each other. Perhaps they've all got screw loose. Perhaps, perhaps I'm, I've got screw loose for watching this. Well, I- like I say, I used <laughs> See, to be a big people fan. People are speechless. Used to be a big fan of the expected, yeah. but after last week, I was like, no, I'm sorry, I've had enough, and I will not watch it again. Yeah. Also, I think this year it's rubbish. There's nobody decent on it anyway. No, there's nobody decent. Anyway. I know. I know people get because because of the, the of the the poor quality of the of the talent. Then uh, people go, oh, I, I do like Stacey, but unfortunately, she's stupid. She's stupid. She doesn't even look right. She's just, she's a very, very average. If these people had any talent, ladies and gentlemen, they would have been discovered donkeys years ago. They'd be singing in West End shows. They'd have gone to a stage school, not propping up a bar at the local, wherever it is, for Stacey. That's about the extent of it. None of these people could survive in a West End musical. They'd be kicked out on the first auditions. They wouldn't waste their time with them. And what you'd do if John and Edward turned up, I've got no idea. Barricade the doors, I suppose. You know, the thing is, I don't know, I don't know whether or not everybody that came to those auditions were rubbish or the fact that all of those judges fell asleep for the whole audition process and just sort of said, oh, yeah, fine, you'll do it. Oh, yeah, we better take somebody for me. Yeah, you'll do. Because there didn't seem to be any talent spotting going on whatsoever. Well, there isn't because it's not decided by the judges. The people who go into the show are decided by the researchers. The researchers weed them out, but of course most of these people, I think with the exception of John and Edward, have already been on shows before. Some of them have actually been performing, they've been on shows and they bring them back because there's, there's no more talent out there, they have exhausted it. Mm. You know, if, if you've got people turning up from one true voice and things like that, you think, no, wait a minute, you've already had a career, go away, go away. And then if you can't make it on there, they'll turn up on Britain's Got Talent, which is the same thing again. Interesting, though, that GLS knocked Cheryl Cole off the number one spot. Yes, but she's still got the album. Yeah. She's still got the album. But again, you see, they've actually worked hard for, for what they've actually got. I like GLS. I, th- I actually yeah, wanted to win but I just see them as year. any other boy band at the moment. They'll have a year, two oh, years, yeah. and then it'll be like, like Blue. They'll, they'll do their, their concerts, and then it will finish, and then they've all got to find how, how they make their way in the world and how they have a career, which can be washed up at the age of 24, 25. Because you've had all that adulation, and then all of a sudden, somebody takes it away. But the thing with them, at least they've survived yeah. the year. 
haven't yeah. they? Along with Alexander Burke. Yes. Um, they have survived the Strangely year. enough, they're all doing better than Robbie Williams. <laughs> you know, he's, he's getting all the publicity and people having to brown nose him, but frankly, it's not, uh, it's not really worth it, as far as I'm concerned. Not really worth it. Uh, if you go to the LBC website, you can find all the details about the garages which affe- uh, are affected in this bus strike. 58 routes, I think... And uh, there's loads, there's too many for me to read out, but the garages affected are Barking, Bow, Leighton, Romford, Upton Park and West Ham. Uh, all on the website, which I've just said. They're all on the LBC website. But I thought I'd repeat it again. So it's all on the LBC website. That's three times, just in case you forget, it's all on the LBC website. Oh, four times, there you go. Uh, so, we've, we've, got a, we've got a disaster coming up in EastEnders. We've got an asylum seeker turning up in Emmerdale. I'm surprised we haven't had one in Manchester. You'd have thought, rather than turn up, this poor woman... They open the van doors, they're going to go, hello, who are you? And she's going to be speaking very good English, presumably. And is she going to get a job in the corner yeah, well, shop with Viv? <laughs> no, they find her what in a barn and they feed her. Um, they feed her? Yeah, they fe- they, oh they, this God. is the two little kiddies. They find her hiding in the barn and oh. then they, you know... They um, think they've actually discovered the Virgin Mary. Well... It's a bit the, like Jesus in the barn. Do you remember the, that film? No. Whistle Down the Wind, where, where, the ch- where there's a tramp, there's a man who's escaped from prison and he appears in the barn and Hayley Mills goes in there. Nice connection to Max- Maxwell Caulfield. Mm. And they think it's Jesus in the barn. And, and, they, and they bring him food and everything else. Of course, he's an escaped prisoner. But they used all the genuine children from that particular village. Mm. Beautifully shot by Brian Forbes, I think. And very, very good film. So that's why I say perhaps... You know, they, shouldn't, they should have phoned the police. Well, they, they, I think she asked them not to. They just take us some food and a blanket and whatever, and we'll see what happens after that. <laughs> she's going to... She's... I mean, you just cannot do that. You have to call the police. Somebody turns up in your barn. Well, you know. this is ever will remember. Um, Joe... Not Joe. Uh, yeah, Joe gets done for um, his debts. You know how... Did you see it last week in Coronation Street where he asked Gail to marry him? What a farce that was. No. Um, on the boat. Oh, dear, yeah. Um, anyway, um, he's got the debt collectors after him. So he ends up having to sell his van, but of course he doesn't bother telling Gail. Mm. And I'll tell you about Fizz after the break. Oh, Lord. I'm not sure I can cope with this. It's all too much stress on a Monday, isn't it? This is LBC. Steve Allen. 7 is uh, the time. So Edward just turned 18. Magic circle tonight. Get up. I don't do these things twice on a programme. We, we did it earlier on. Then his mum says he didn't get up till quarter to seven. Never heard anything like it. <laughs> What's the matter with these people? Actually, there's, uh, there's a lot of magic taking place in uh, London. And uh, we'll mention that. I think I've got, there's a great one coming up on the 26th, which has got uh, the fabulous Nick Einhorn in it and Richard McDougall. So I'll mention that tomorrow on the programme. So a, a date for your diary. So, over in, in Soaps, now we know what's happening in all of them. In Corrie, what's, what's I happening? I was just going to say oh, that... two of them are split up. In real life. Oh, um, yes, Ryan Thomas yes. and um, Tino O'Brien. Hate each other, apparently, Allegedly, yes, apparently they Poor have. Souls. Yeah, but then again, they only really got back together because of that baby, and that's never really the best of ideas, is it, really? Um, yeah, John Staper's back in Coronation Street with Fizz. He gets let out of prison this week. Um, Sally is hell-bent on making their life hell. Um, when he goes to carry her over the threshold, she goes over, calls him a paedophile, all this kind of thing, and then the next morning they wake up to find that their windows have all been painted black. Um, <laughs> and then also, um, <laughs> Haley believes Roy mm. um, about um, Tony after Tony basically threatens to kill um, and harm Haley and Roy. Um, it's all very bizarre. This it's well worth. You know, watching. this one is really getting out of hand. Yeah, it's well worth watching. Over Has Haley just of weeks. come into it again? Uh, yeah, she's been away for a little while. And then right. she came back. 
Um, but yeah, that's well worth watching for that. Um, EastEnders, I don't know what's wrong with Peggy. She starts this affair with Archie. After all that man has done yes. to her and her family, she's clearly not quite right. Um, so that happens um, this week as well. Ronnie sleeps with Owen. Um, that's a bit of a surprise. And he's got to watch because, you know, like when you sleep with Ronnie, she basically puts pinpricks in the condoms because she's so desperate to get pregnant. Oh, my God. Um, a bit frightening. There's the one other thing there. There is one other thing in EastEnders that I'm just trying to think. Oh, yes. Um, Lucy thinks that Saeed tr- um, was the one who mugged her. Actually, of course, we all know that it was little Jay. Um, and, of course, she starts a bit of a relationship with him, which is quite nice, really. Yeah. I'll tell you what, it was wonderful at the end of EastEnders on Friday night when um, Jane walked out on Ian. A long time coming. And many people will have clapped at the television screen at that. <laughs> That woman has we to do like Ian, life. though. I yeah. do like Ian. I think he has longevity. I've said before that you have certain people on programmes and you've always got them there and you put other characters around them. And he, he, he's one who's going to be there forever. I hope they split him and uh, Jane up. Oh, I me hope too. Jane goes and finds some, some other bloke yes. who lives in the square and rubs his nose in it. Oh. Oh, I really do hope that happens. Well, it's not very nice, is it? Well, 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 well he deserves it. That's a rather bitter thing so to say. He was so mean to Monday. her on Friday. Yes, mean. But, yeah, but it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> in a strange, strange kind of way. Uh, to celebrate the release of 2012, the new film from director Roland Emmerich, the director who brought you Independence Day and the day after tomorrow, LBC 97.3 are giving you the opportunity to win some fantastic prizes. This apocalyptic spy-fi thriller, try saying that after a couple of drinks, is in cinemas from November the 13th and stars John Cusack. Go to LBC dot co dot uk where were were to register your details to win your perfect last day on earth prizes such as going to the monte carlo grand prix dining on the orient express or learning to fly a jet for the day i could do that one right it took off from the roof here i'd be fine entries close at 12 2012 each day it's quite clever, isn't it? Yeah. Because the film's called 2012. Yeah. How clever. There's, somebody thought of that. Entries close at 2012. That's 12, 12 minutes past eight. OK, just in case you get confused by it. Because <laughs> some people are... But at night time, not in the morning. That's good, isn't it? Mm. Very nice. I wouldn't mind doing that. I'm not, I'm not interested in the Monte Carlo, but the dining on the Orange Express is something. Yeah, that would be nice. We could do that. Mm, that'd be nice. Taking like that, that lovely... Yes, that'd be good. What was that film? Murder on the... Oh, perhaps, Murder perhaps on not. <laughs> perhaps I'll do the jet for the day. <laughs> The jet sounds oh, a lot easier. I'd be scared witless to do the jet. Oh, would you? Yeah, I'd be scared. I've got yeah. a picture of me taken sitting in a jet. Oh, it's all right just sitting in it, but not yeah. if I was to take off or anything like that. I well, it didn't take off. No, it was for the Battle of Britain Day because we lived on all these um, RAF bases. Mm. So I was surrounded. I grew up surrounded by planes, strange enough. I could have been a pilot. Funny that you didn't. Yeah, it was old, didn't it? Mm. Couldn't stand the noise of the blasted things and, and the smell of the fuel that it burnt. Yeah. But uh, it was great. I've got a lovely picture of me sitting there with a crash helmet on. Looking like the biggest nerd under the sun. <laughs> but funny at the same time. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> uh, Lorraine says, you make my day. That's all we need to hear. That's good enough as well. And, uh, and it's uh, Siobhan's 31st birthday today. So that's good. Apparently people call her fatty every five minutes. Because she's due to give birth very shortly. Oh, I see. People do that. It's a bit like having sort of excess wind, isn't it? You're kind of sort of stuck with it until the thing pops out. Well, it's going to be out in uh, four weeks. Oh, cry. Oh, it's not bad. No, well, having a baby, I mean, I'm assuming is being, like, having trapped wind, isn't it? Oh, my God. Don't you think so? <laughs> well, I thought it was like that. <laughs> well, I, I think don't it's know. a heck of a lot more than that. Well, there might be, but for goodness <laughs> sake, you know. <laughs> there were some women in the paper complaining the other day, they've all got pregnant by this one bloke because he's a serial 
uh, man who goes round, and I'm thinking, and they're all standing there in the paper moaning about, yeah, he, he, he's actually just, you know, done, done the business and left us and we're all pregnant. I'm thinking, so you're not using condoms? How stupid are you? Mm. You know, it does annoy me when people sort of complain about this and you think, all you've got to do is use contraception. You know, a bit of a big word, I realise, for some people who go, oh my God, I can't believe it. I got pregnant. How did that happen? You think, I've got no idea. Sad news about, is it Christopher Casanova? Yeah, um... Casanova? No, no, it's not no, Christopher Casanova. It's, um... It's, um... Oh. Callum. No, is it Callum? No, it's no. the one who's... Oh, married to Susan George. Yeah, McCord, Simon, Simon McCorkendale. Simon McCorkendale, yeah. Um, He's got terminal... Terminal cancer. I interviewed cancer. him only a short while ago when he was uh, in, and he didn't know. He thought he was getting stomach cramps, and he went in to the doctor because of these stomach cramps, and they said, uh, you've got bowel cancer, but it's, it's curable. So they cured that, and then, lo and behold, it comes back with a vengeance. And now they've told him it's terminal. They'd said originally, I think, three years. He said, it's stupid. He said, I feel fine. Mm. He said, I look fine. I don't look anything at all. And I know other people who, who've had secondary cancer, because it, no matter what they do when they clear it first time round, there's always a little bit of it somewhere that hides, and they've got to try and find it. It's really difficult, so yeah. we wish him well, because he was a lovely, lovely man. And uh, that podcast is on lbc.co.uk. Uh, Colin Hendry's going to go up for I'm a Celebrity, get me out of here. I think that's quite nice. Yeah. Colin Hendry, for people, well, obviously most people should know who he is. Um, well, they might not actually. He's a former Scottish... Um, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a Scottish footballer. He was manager yeah. of, uh, of a couple of clubs as well. And tragically, his wife died fairly recently mm, after, after some complications surgery. with uh, cosmetic surgery. Yeah. I think it'd be nice if he goes in it, actually. He's a nice man. Yes. The trouble is, nice people don't win. No, they I'm don't. a celebrity getting me out of it. They don't. In fact, generally speaking, nice people get voted out in the first week because there's no interest. He might break down, though. That maybe might be oh. why they've asked him. You think that, that would be well, it? Well, that might be why they've asked him. Oh. Leona Lewis was the other act on last night's X Factor. Again? Did you been on it before? Yeah, probably, yes. Yes. Mm. Uh, happy birthday to Sean. It's her birthday for today. Can I just make a recommendation for people's telly tonight? Very quickly. Collision. Yes. It's on every night this week. It's, all, it's, it's a five-night thing, and it's all about a car crash. Oh, right. Very, very uh, I- I- interesting. Good cast. Definitely watch it. OK. Something to look out for. Thank you very much indeed. Young Susan Spence will be back with us uh, Sunday, actually. Yeah. Sunday. Yes. To, uh, to go through the papers on LBC. Go to the LBC website. You can sort out all the, uh, all the bits and pieces, all those uh, buses which are not running today, which will affect a lot of people being Monday morning. Have yourself a very, very nice day. Wrap up warm. It's going to be a little bit chilly, but to brighten your day, Nick Ferrari with you after the news next on LBC. One, one, eight, four, three, four.